Greetings, rare ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones. And if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always so good conversation. Bye for now. Hey guys, welcome back. Joanne here, and we are now at episode number 102. And I am going to introduce you to someone named Kiswalo Simvilla, and he is from Tanzania, and he is the CEO and founder of School Biz Forums. So let me tell you a little bit about Kiswalo. He's um, he's the founder of School Biz Forums. He's also a public speaker and an entrepreneur from Tanzania. He is passionate about youth development and thrives in raising young people in leadership roles. He loves enjoying life and he has his friends and he enjoys doing the simple things. This is how he's described himself to me. And he really enjoys community development projects and has worked on several projects in his country, in his home country. He likes deep conversation he loves anything that is related to economic development in his country, and he believes in education. He believes that there is a brain drain in his country and that the resuscitation of the economy is necessary is, is, an, is a necessity, pardon me, in order for the country to thrive. So I invite you to listen in to this podcast episode to learn a little bit about Kizzy. He goes by the name of Kizzy. Um, where his country, where he's from, where he grew up, how he ended up in China, what he's doing now, and what he hopes to do in the future. All right, so it, grab your cuppa. I'll give you a few seconds and listen in. All right, bye for now. Oh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks so much for joining the, us tonight on the Rare Birds podcast. Welcome. welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be in here. Fantastic. So just to let everyone know, it's 9.13 p.m. Beijing time. And I'm in Shanghai and Kizi is in Ningbo. Yeah, I'm in Ningbo. In Ningbo. Perfect. Okay, so just to begin a little bit, Kizi, why don't you tell us where you're from and a little bit about your city in your country and what it was like growing up there? Uh, my name is Kizualo, uh, mm. and everybody calls me Kizi. I'm a Tanzanian. I'm from Tanzania, eastern part of Africa. 
And I'm in Ningbo. Actually, my, my, my city is uh, Zhejiang province. It's a bit cooler in here. We have a lot of opportunities and we are trying to change some stuff out for the youth and we're really doing good. Okay, and tell us about back in Tanzania. What's the name of the city that you come from in your home country? Tanzania, I was born in a city called Mwanza. It's near the Lake Zone. That's where I was mm -hmm. born and that's where my dad comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but we live in a city called Dar es Salaam. Right. It's a busy city. We have a lot of new stuff, a lot of opportunities, a lot of exposure in there. And we get a lot of foreigners coming and going. And you really need to try out. You need to be there sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So you grew up in the big city then, it sounds like, right? Yeah. I, was, uh, I grew up in both cities. Because <laughs> Monza is a big city too. Dar es Salaam is a big city too. So you can copy both. <laughs> okay. So I haven't been to Tanzania yet. And for our viewers who have not been, what is it like there? And what was it like growing up there as a child? Uh, actually, home is home. Yeah. Tanzania is a very, very good country. I assure you. We have a lot of interesting places. We have the biggest mountain in Africa called Mount Kilimanjaro. It's in Moshe. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of tourists coming in and going every day. We have the biggest national parks. Number one goes with Serengeti. Mm. A lot of tourists, movie actors, you know, footballers, Christian Rod, most of the big people around the world, they come visit. So Tanzania is very beautiful. We have got, actually, we produced, um, we produced diamond, Tanzanite, and so found in, a, in one country. So I'm really, pro, I'm really proud to be a Tanzanian, actually. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. And tell us about, <laughs> and tell us about Zanzibar. What, Whoa, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Mm. Zanzibar mm -hmm. is a beautiful place I ever been in the world. Trust me, you need to be there. Mm-hmm. The place is really beautiful. We have a lot of good places, clean water body. People come and go visiting the place. Actually, we get a lot of tourists every, every day. I've gone there once, but I feel like I have to be going there every, every time just to enjoy life for the holiday. Mm. You, so have you have to a little bit... You have a little bit of everything, it seems. You have wildlife, you have nature, yeah. you have landscapes. I've seen beautiful we, beaches. We have historical sites. We have like everything. You have everything. So it's the place to be for sure then. So everybody who's listening, get over to Tanzania. Really? You have to be there. I'll be there for you okay. guys. <laughs> okay. And how do we pronounce the name of your country? Because some people say Tanzania. Tanzania. How do you pronounce it? How's the proper way to say the name of the country? For us, it's like Tanzania. Tanzania is like, this is how we pronounce it. But most of the people, they pronounce it Tanzania. I say Tanzania. I don't know yeah, why. It's like Tanzania and Tanzania. It's Tanzania. both the same. It's just the pronunciation, uh -huh. just the difference, right. but it's not that. But it's just the same stuff. 
Okay. And in terms of culture, so what la- what language do you speak? I know there's a lot of um, Arabic influence in Zanzibar, uh-huh, but uh-huh, uh-huh. tell me a little bit about the languages and, and the culture. Actually, Tanzania, we speak Swahili. Mm-hmm. And Swahili is the second spoken language in Africa. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the first language is Arabic. Mm-hmm. And um, we are trying, actually, we are trying to, to teach Swahili in all African countries right now. South yes, Africa, yeah, South Africa, they're starting doing that. Yeah, Rwanda, I guess the whole of Africa. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to push the language so I can be, you know, most fa- famous language in Africa. And we're going mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And in Tanzania, we have different tribes. Because we have tribes, we, we have different tribes in different places. Like where I was born, uh, I call myself Amesukuma because I'm from Wanza. So every region in my country, they have tribes, they have their traditional, uh, they have their traditional clothing, they have their traditional food. So we have different culture in different places. Mm-hmm. And the name of your culture, tell us what it's called again. Uh, my culture is called Sukuma. Sukuma. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the okay. people from Wanza, from my place. From- from Mwanza. And what are Sukuma people known for? Or what, what share something special about your people? Uh, we are near the Lexon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our main food uh, is fish mm. and pounded maize. You know, we, we use this pounded maize we use to eat with hands. Yes, yes, yes. So that's the main food that we do. We have the traditional dances. We have the traditional language. Actually, most, like all the culture, have the different language. But Kiswahili is the main language. Mm. But we have different small languages spoken with different cultures. So what's what cul- your culture, uh, what language do you speak other than Kiswahili? Uh, my, my culture, I speak uh, Kisukuma. <laughs> Kisukuma. <laughs> We, okay, yeah, because we, you're Sukuma people. Okay, yeah, Sukuma. yeah, yeah. So you speak Kisukuma. I okay. don't. I, I, I can't. I, I can't talk Kisukuma because I'm not raised there. But okay. um, <laughs> some people talk that. Yeah, they learn. Yeah. They talk. You know. Yeah. But right. we speak Swahili too, so we can still understand. Okay, and then in terms of um the a european language most people speak english yes mm-hmm. right right okay we and you speak mentioned english it... mostly in schools in uh schools. we have schools that uh we have the government schools mm-hmm. that they speak swahili but mm-hmm. we have the international schools that english is the is the main language for in communication sure so we and speak swahili it. as the first language then english of course okay mm-hmm. And you mentioned that uh, there's a big push now across the continent to teach uh, Kiswahili. I've been reading yeah. about that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, South Africa, and I think in nearby Rwanda, they have made it an official language and removed yeah. French 
as an official language. So do you think this is a good thing, what governments are doing to push for Kiswahili to be? Actually, it's a good thing because Swahili is the second spoken language in Africa. That means mm -hmm. some of the countries uh, speak that, but they, they, most, of the, most of the countries, they understand few language. Because mm -hmm. I came to realize um, I have Zimbabwean friends. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have few languages that in Swahili and we have the same meaning. Mm. But the other languages, we just mm -hmm. have the different, how they pronounce is just different than what you pronounce and have the same meaning. But it's just Swahili. Okay. And but, where, can... sorry, go ahead. Uh, nearby countries like Congo, Yes. Uh, Kenya, Uganda, mm -hmm. they speak Swahili too, but they don't speak, uh, they don't speak, they speak a broken Swahili, but they still speak Swahili and they can't understand. Right. Mm -hmm. What about Uganda and Burundi? Burundi speaks Swahili. I have mm -hmm. a Burundian friend, he speaks he speak very good Swahili in school. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's very good at Swahili. That means the border countries nearby, they can adapt the language, but not everybody can. But people can understand. Sometimes talking can be an issue. Yes. I've mm. heard it spoken in places like Zambia, Malawi, Madagascar, Comoros. I mean, as far as, away as those places, it's traveled. Yeah. I guess maybe it travels slow by slow, maybe from country to country as how close we are. Maybe it moves slow by slow and till it gets where they are. <laughs> mm, okay, okay, okay. I, I started doing computer science back in, back in Tanzania in a university called University of Dar es Salaam. It's a big, it's a big university in Africa. Um, but when mm. I was studying computer science, I realized that... Um, I wasn't comfortable studying yet. I didn't know why am I studying. I didn't get the, I didn't get the vibe of school, you know. It's just studying for the exams, you know, but no future. I said this isn't right. So I had to apply for, for, for Chinese university, because I believed uh, in China, I'll have a lot a big exposure. I'll, there are a lot of opportunities in here. Uh, I'll have a friendly environment because I'll have a different place than home. So I'll be excited. School will be fun. I'll make new friends from different places, you know. Uh, so I said, uh, let, me, let me talk to my dad. And we started the application. Good enough, I had my cousin studying in Ningbo University, the same university that I am in. So it was very easy for me to mm -hmm. to get a university that somebody else know the place. And I had Nimbo is good. The environment is good. So I said, okay, let me go for it. So I did my applications. Um, and I was very, very excited to be out of Tanzania. You know, the first feeling that, all right, you're going, you're going abroad. Mm. How is it out there, you know? <laughs> so I had the first feeling I was very, very excited. Mm -hmm. And finally, boom, I was in Nimbo. Of course. I actually loved the place. Good environment. People friendly. I said, all right. 
but right now I had to apply for for business school because I didn't want to do anything about computer science thingy. So I just need something different that um, I can do something with my life once again. So I had to start over with my business school. And here I am, enjoying life in Ningbo, mm. <laughs> made friends, connections. <laughs> so I'm really grateful. <laughs> really have yeah. a very big number of students studying in China from Tanzania. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think it's very important for uh, the listeners to understand that there are hundreds, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just like thousands of students from across yeah. the African continent we have in China. In China. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, research shows that China has replaced the Anglo the Anglo um, mm. countries, Canada, US, UK as the destination for Anglo-speaking um, persons from the continent, students from the continent. So it's right behind France. I'm not oh. entirely sure if it's replaced France yet, but it, there are a lot of students here. So people, people need to understand that this is a big, mm-hmm. big destination for students coming out of Africa. So give, shed some insight, Kizzy. Tell us why do you believe uh, so many African students are coming here? Because uh-huh. once upon a time, it was, okay, let's go to the UK or let's go to Canada or the US or Australia. Uh, Why here? What's I the lure? Two things. First, I can say life is very cheap in China. UK, Canada, life is very mm. expensive. You know, for Africans, um, we prefer... Uh, people can go in UK, can go in Canada, can go in America... But life in China is very, very okay and very cheap for some for anybody to live in it. China, India, mm. life are okay. And second, we have a lot of mm. exposure in China. We learn a lot of new stuff. Mm. We get a lot of new ideas. Mm. If you have a business mind coming in China, uh because China, you know, it's a very developed country. They have high technology in life. And we can learn a lot from these guys. So if you have a business mind coming in China, mm. you'll have a lot of ideas. You'll have a lot of things to think that are positive for your country. And what we do is we take ideas from this place, we take them back home. So they can develop Africa, you know, with mm. new technology, new ideas, new startups, and life goes on. So I can say life is cheap in China and yeah. also exposure, learning. Uh-huh. Exposure. So I can say China. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So China is a new option. So once upon a time, it was about going to the West. Mm-hmm. Now it's about coming to the East. I mean, there have always been students coming to China. There have always been students studying in Korea and Japan. But the numbers yeah. now in China are really high to a point where it's, it's competing. So um, many of students are here on scholarship, mm-hmm. as you know. And can you tell us a little bit about when you arrive in China? Like, for example, if you've got a scholarship, 
is that a complete package and what does that entail so people can get an idea of what it's like when getting you're a scholarship is not a complete package because uh, I believe mm-hmm. when you have a scholarship you really really need to study hard because what you got from <laughs> what they yes. pay for you have to earn it you know uh-huh that's first yes. mm-hmm. second When you have your scholarship issue in China, now you have to be careful with your timetable. How are you going to balance your life in China with your studies? Because I believe, um, mm. I, I don't know anybody, but to me, uh, if you study, do something else out of school. You know, you can just study, study, mm. study. But try to keep your grades. If you're on scholarship, just try to keep your grades. Because when you fail, sometimes the money that they pay for you, sometimes it will cost you someday. And it will be an issue. Mm. So if you have a scholarship, it's not like a full yeah. package. Yeah. Even if you don't have a scholarship. If you have a scholarship or not, still you're not a full package. You have to come here, get ready for a new life. Because you're on your own right now. No parents, no home, no Africa, no anywhere. You're just here on your own. So you have to set your life afresh. Mm. Know how you're going to live in China. Set your life here. How you're going to study. How you're going to balance your school life and your, you know, your normal life. And life goes on. That will go to four, six years till you graduate. And do you know? Uh-huh. Right. Absolutely. And do you know the language? I know Mandarin, but you know I'm Mandarin? not that good at it. <laughs> Actually. Did you, have um, to study, did you have to study Mandarin for a few years? Or are you taking I, I all of your courses uh, in English? My course is in English, but I didn't have to study Mandarin for a year mm. first before I studied my, 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 my school. But I, I, did, I studied right. my Chinese within my school. That means I had a timetable mm. of studying Chinese and other classes, you know, within. But um, I, right. I, I don't right. know, but it and depends. Somebody can have a future plan. Maybe if he's done with school, maybe he can do one year Chinese just for personal, you know, advantage. He can study maybe Chinese for a year so I can keep mm. maybe studying or working in China if he loved the place. You know, so it's up to you. And there are also some students who actually uh-huh. have to study the language mm-hmm. intensely and immersion for a first year before they can start the course yeah. because the course is all in Chinese. So it depends sure. on your university, your course, mm-hmm. the structure. Of course, even yeah. uh, for somebody who studies medicine, most of the people, they start with Chinese first. Mm. Because, you know, when you study medicine, you of have, course. I mean, Chinese is, you have to study Chinese no matter what. Because you, you, you need to be talking with the yes. patients, you know, talk to them, no. So you, you really need to know Chinese. You like it or not. Right. And you study the uh-huh. language as well as the characters and you really immerse yourself in everything. So sometimes it's a, uh-huh. a full year of immersion every day every day and then in your second year you actually start studying so yeah, you end yeah, up yeah. staying maybe six But seven years be- in the country you have those people who, doing your degree who, who don't like you know 
wasting a year studying Chinese and they need to graduate that early. You know, yeah. So they don't prefer using mm. Chinese first year first, then others come next. So they prefer studying less years so they can graduate earlier. So they just drop the first year Chinese, you know. But you have those universities that Chinese is, you have to study Chinese first. You can run away from it. Mm. Uh-huh. Right. So now what I want to do, Kizzy, is talk about your uh-huh. entrepreneurial venture. So one of the things you said that you believe um, uh-huh. brings a lot of students here is the opportunity to 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 meet uh-huh. people, to learn new things. And you mentioned uh-huh. entrepreneurship specifically. So there are quite a number of students who are here uh-huh. are starting business in university. Now, for some of us, that's a bit of a shock. Like, I'm a little bit older than you. So how old are you, Kizzy? Um, Would you mind telling us how old you are? Okay, Kizzy's 25 Four. and I'm 41. So in my day, right, Kizzy, you went to university and that's just what you did. You know, you were in uh-huh. uni. You had a job. Some people had jobs in uh-huh. uni. Some had part-time jobs. But you, you, the thought of starting uh-huh. a business in university, it wasn't something that did. You started your business in university. So tell us how did that all happen? Because it's uh-huh. a very successful business. It's very popular. I think you've got over 25,000 followers uh-huh. on Instagram. You have massive events. And you are running yeah. an enterprise. <laughs> as a student at age 25 and for some people that's yeah. mind-boggling they they can't understand so so talk us through how all um, of that happened I, I can start with my with my own story uh, when i was in school when i was in um, my secondary school i always loved getting involved in different activities you know get involved with the NGOs, organizations, events. I just need to be, I just like to be there, you know. So I started, I I started being in some organizations since I was in school and I really felt good about it. That's when till I was done with high school, I realized my passion is, you know, dealing with, I love working with students and youth getting involved in different activities. So I realized that was my passion. On 2016, I got an idea of starting a student's platform. The one that I'm doing right now, it's called Schoolbiz Forums. It was in the night, I was right. sleeping. I, I just love thinking in the middle of the night cause you know, the place is so quiet, no noises, you know, so it was a very it was it was an empty place for my brain to think that's when i popped up with this platform mm. whereby i said okay tanzania doesn't have a platform where students can do discussions and all that why can't we have one that's when something raised and i started working on it on 26 on 2017 mm. on 5th of uh, August, I launched my first website. Uh, I remember when I launched it uh, and it, it went pretty well. We had interviews, trying to market, trying my best to, to keep the marketing of the platform around. 
that's till when on 2017 i moved to china but when i moved to mm. china uh cause uh i i did this back home so you know the distance working from back and forth it was kind of hard so 2018 the whole year i did nothing so it's like things froze but on mm. february last year i got another idea i got an idea of creating a platform whereby students can uh actually i got an idea of starting a students talk show it was called i talk network i it was on the whole idea i said okay ningbo is a good place we don't have a lot of opportunities we don't have such activities why should we have this that's when i got to my point that when you solve a problem that's where ideas come from people need to take that as a not mm. around the society where the problem is where that's where ideas come from mhm we didn't have such um talk shows stuff i said why should we have this so i i tried to write a proposal took it the school and the school said we can start even tomorrow so i was very excited mm so i i created the itognet it's like a platform whereby students can be free to talk about anything we can do discussions interviews with anything going on around the world anything educative motivational speaking anything what to do is just use the videos read call the videos edit the videos upload them in youtube or share them around so that people can read the message can listen what we have get educated and life goes on that was my idea at first mm. so we did the whole year mm-hmm. we have been doing interviews you know panel talking and stuff till when we came back to 2019 2019 i had only two goals the first goal is i needed to brand a new website for the school biz forums and the second goal i just needed the mobile applications for it and i really thank god that we did everything <laughs> so my plans for the 2019 they are all they are all accomplished <laughs> wow So Kizzy, just uh-huh. just to to go back a little bit. You said the school was really open. You uh-huh. asked the school and they said go for it. Why do you believe uh, the school is so open? The school um needed, uh-huh. you know, they love students with new ideas. Cause my university doesn't have a lot of activities. So they really love um new ideas and they really need new ideas so that you can do a lot of activities in the school. and this one gave me a very big uh, a very big recognition in school that I, i get a lot of opportunities around and i'm really really thankful 
because my life is always full of, you know, I love getting involved, ideas, entrepreneurship. That's always my mind is. And in university, I think they got me. <laughs> so trying to give them new ideas, solve some mm. problems, do this, do that. It has helped me to get a recognition and helping the school too. And the school helping me too. So it's just like a circulation, but we're trying to support each other. Right. I mean, the business school supports me in anything I need. Because they know what I'm capable of and how am I helping the school. Right. Because what I'm trying, even for the ITOC network, right. what I was trying to do is I was trying to promote the school in, uh, in a way that uh, they, can, they can be recognized uh, worldwide. You know? So... Of course. As you are trying to help the school, the school tries to give you a lot of opportunities around and supporting you as, as much as they could. And naturally, you'll help to attract more students to the school because uh -huh. students want to go to a school that has a thriving yeah. business uh, department that actually enables yeah. you to, to develop businesses and not just study it in the classroom. So that's that good for the plan. university as well. Mm -hmm. True. Okay. So now tell us a little bit about the services. You are a business. So how do you, how do you make a profit? How do you, act, what's your business model? What are you actually doing? Uh, actually, I do different activities. Mm -hmm. uh, back before I started my, I started the platform. I'm gifted with doing graphics, you know, doing okay. graphic designing, designing posters, logos, you know, anything, you know, just about designing. Right. I just love being creative. I didn't go to school, but I just love doing that. So I found myself, um, I'm good at it. Mm. So at first I just made it as my first business, you know, doing photography, uh, doing graphic designing for different companies, you know, and the business went very well. So in life, it's like I have, I call, I, I call them my three babies. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I have the Scoobies forums. I have the iTalk network. And okay. I have the graphic designing company. I call it KS Visuals. Okay. That does graphics, photography, and all that. Okay, so that's that. And then iTalk is the, the actual, uh, are those conferences? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And then School Biz Forum, what exactly are you doing there? Uh, School Biz Forums is a platform mm -hmm. whereby uh, students can do discussions. And main, we, we wanted to bring all the African students in one place. You know? Right. So what, what, what they do is anybody can start any topic around. Mm. And you may have a problem in economics, you may have a problem in um, maybe in any science or physics. You can start a topic inside the platform because we have a very large number of community of students. Anybody can help out, you know, give you ideas, help you solve the problem, you know, and that's when you can understand the question well and, you know, 
yeah. get ideas. Uh huh. And do you do you charge students to attend these events? No, 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 I don't. Uh, for okay. the event for the ITOC network? For school based forums. Uh, the school based forums is a free platform, it's a website. And right now okay. we have the applications where the student can sign up for free and they can okay. do anything with that. They can create groups, they can they can do connect they can connect one another, they can start a topic, they can look for opportunities because we have a we have a platform whereby students can look for opportunities, they can look for work, they can look for scholarship. And right now we are trying to get them to to get the studying materials. So we're trying to, you know, to brand the platform slow by slow. As we get an idea, we just keep it. So we're trying to get a, it's a platform whereby students can do anything with that. Okay. So where would you like to take school biz forums? Is it something that you're going to leave behind when you graduate from uni? Or are you going to take it back to Tanzania with you? What's your plan? Uh, I started the platform since 2016. Mm. So coming to China, it's like um, taking, uh, moving the platform from, from Tanzania to abroad. So we, we, we connect Tanzania students and we can correct foreigners from, Af uh, from China. So it's an opportunity for us to, but all in all, school base started in Tanzania and it will still be in Tanzania, but we'll still be moving around with it. Mm. Okay. So when do you graduate, Kizzy? Oh, uh, I'll be graduating in 2021. 2021. Mm -hmm. And what will you do then? Will you stay and do a master's? Will you stay and work? Or do you plan to go back where? Uh, when I'm done with school, uh, I'll plan to do with my, uh, I'll plan to deal with my masters. Okay. But not in China. Mm. I'll try to explore somewhere else, but okay. I'll still be working cause I'll be moving with my projects. I'll be doing them and still be working around with right. them. So I'll be doing school with work. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. What do your parents think about this? You being an entrepreneur in university. At first, I remember mm. when I had I got this idea. Mm. Um, I told my father, because my, my my mom is not that kind of, she's not a techie kind of woman, so she understands <laughs> nothing about you know. That's okay. She understands uh -huh. other things. <laughs> but, but when my pops she understands I... you, her son. That's all she needs to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I, mm. I, I consulted my father. I said mm -hmm. that I have this and this and this. And my father told me, you know, because at that time I was still studying back back home. He said, mm -hmm. "Done is the school first. After that, you get back you to what do you're it, doing." You wish. Uh -huh. Most fathers would say that that's true. a that's a that's father true. protecting his son, you know. Do, that's do true. school first, yes, mm -hmm. of course, yes. Mm -hmm. And worst enough, I'm not a school kind of guy. Mm. Uh, so I just had to do it, no matter what he says. Mm. 
that means I I got my point to to my next point is take risk. Mm. Well, I think you found a way to do both. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it's a lot of work. You know, most uh, students aren't uh, building businesses. Uh, uh, but at the same time, like you said, it's a risk. It's paid uh-huh. off handsomely and it will continue to pay off. And I think yeah. um, if you can start, I always encourage young people to start businesses as soon as possible. I mean, sure. I teach entrepreneurship in a high school and I tell them, why not now? Why not yeah. now? So that when you go to university, you, you know, you can start, you, you can mm. push even harder and do even more. I think, I think the younger, the better. I think if you know what you want to do, don't waste time. And if yeah, you know of course, that... to, me, to me, it's not right when somebody is done at the university, start mm. moving with the certificate looking for a job. Right. Why Absolutely. couldn't you look for something while you're in the university? Even yes. if when you're done at school, you get on with what you were doing. I agree. Uh-huh. And you can graduate, you can graduate from university True. into working in your own company sometimes. True. It's happened. I know people yeah. who've done That's it. That's why I encourage a lot of people to to start something even when they're studying. Yeah. Especially if you're and, studying abroad, there are a lot of opportunities mm. out here. You can't just be done in school and tell me you didn't get any idea till you're graduating going back home. Mm, that's true. That's a powerful message that you're sending. Yeah. And also, I think that university is the perfect place to start a business because true. you know when you're in university, you have all these ideas and you don't have the burdens of, mm-hmm. of life, so to speak, you know, and you everybody's willing to take the risk and you That's have, true. you can form teams, you can form teams and everybody's excited about the idea and people are willing mm. to get behind of you and get involved. Whereas as you get older and you start to get responsibilities, you buy a house, you get married, you have kids. That's true. It's harder to take those risks. I mean, anybody some people think, out there, but anybody it's harder. out there has to take risks. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. Just a matter of decision, you know, yeah. So how do you balance all of this? How do you, well, I don't like to use the word balance anymore. How do you harmonize? Because I don't yeah. believe there's a thing. No. When you build but I get that question. I, I get that question a lot. You know, how do you balance school with work? You know? There's no balance. There's sometimes, I'm sure, where school takes over and sometimes yeah. where business takes over. So how do you create harmony? How do you find a way to, or are you still working towards that, finding a way to harmonize, you know, because you're a young man, you have your own social life, your private life, your family life, back at home, your friends, your business, school, how do you bring it all together? Uh, I always bring all this together through one thing, mm. respecting your timetable. Mm. When you set your timetable right and respect it, everything mm-hmm. goes very well. That means you have time to study, you have time to work, you have time to have fun, you have time to rest. So everything goes, you know, within your timetable. So if you set your timetable right, everything goes well. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Respect your time, manage your time well, sure. honor your time. And then you'll, and, and I guess it's discipline, right? So you can make time for everything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But do you believe there'll always be times where certain things will get more attention than others? So, for example, as you come up to exams, you uh-huh. might have to put some business things on hold. I got that then... back when I was starting the business. You know, sometimes when you start a business, you are too excited that even you forget about school. Hmm. But as time goes, 
you learn something about your timetable. That's when you realize there's time for studying, there's time for working. But at first, I think that time, it's a, it's a time when you're learning. But after when you really get good at it, you realize you have time to study, you have time, you know, for working, you have to balance your time. Because mm. sometimes it's very hard. But in time for exams and working, things work out. You can, you can, you can set stuff out. And things can go very well. You can study yeah. and work a little bit. So it's just up to you. It depends on what you're doing and what do you want to do and how do you want to, you know, balance all that. Exams, school, and what you want to do. So, Yeah, great. So what advice do you have for other young people who are in university? And they're thinking about doing the same thing as you, but they're scared or they're nervous or their parents said, no, do your degree first. Uh, for the people who are afraid, number one, I can say you need to take a risk. Yes, you did say that before. You don't have to care whatever anybody says about it. Just go for it. Because <laughs> you won't know that that would be your door for success, you know. And for me, and for me, I love trying new stuff. If I get an idea, I just love to try it out. Who knows? It may fail. It may work out. Who knows? Just try it out. Don't, don't be afraid. Just take risks. Try it out. And right. in that trying out, if you fail, you learn. If you learn, you move on. Next time, mm. you know, you won't repeat the same mistake. You just grow, you move, you grow, you move. Mistake, you move. Mistake, you move. And learning. Absolutely. And do you believe that, let's say, because you've got three businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you said you're going to go off to do your master's. How helpful do you think it will be in applying for a master's program when you've shown that you've built this massive network and you've successfully started two businesses? Do you think that'll be helpful? I guess it should be helpful. Yeah, I think so too. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my university uh, was ready to give me a full scholarship if I want to come back in this university. That's wonderful. Uh huh. So it's that's why I call myself lucky being here. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you believe in luck, or do you believe in uh, hard work and a bit of opportunity at the I right time? I believe in hard work. I believe in hard work. <laughs> hard work <Absolutely>. pays. <laughs> I don't believe in luck. I, I, I've never believed in luck. Yeah, I don't believe in luck. I don't believe there's such a thing as luck. But I know some people do. I think you just have to work really hard consistently yeah. over time. Just keep doing the same thing. Keep pushing, keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And at some point, That's it true. will pay off. That opportunity will present mm -hmm. itself. You just have to be ready for that opportunity to arise. That's true. That's true. And That's true. Do you believe that you're well-respected by your peers? Because I imagine when you when you take the risk and you put yourself out there, other people are looking at you and thinking, wow, well, if he could do it, I can do it too. Or, you know, he's a leader. You, you develop these leadership skills along the way. Uh, I really think that people have been learning a lot from me. I'm sure. And I've right. been inspiring a lot. I've been inspiring a lot. And I'm really, really grateful. 
Yeah. And when you do something, you, you know, when, when you when you when you when you succeed in doing something, that's mm-hmm. when you realize that you earn a respect for somebody. Absolutely. You know? I find that as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. You earn respect by doing things. You know, people that's people see what true. you've done and they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you earn the respect when you do something. So for sure. all the people out there. <laughs> yeah and i mean even if you fail uh-huh. like you said you learn something through the yeah. failure and you just move on to the next thing mm-hmm. it's not the end True. of the world yeah and university is the place to fail that should be your testing ground yeah i get a lot of people who fail you know, they do something and they say hey uh, i did this but uh, i just let it go and stuff but you know we just had to you know keep on keep on pushing Absolutely. No so backing down. Talk, uh-huh. Let's talk about back back in Africa, in Tanzania. All so right. you're going to do your master's, you said, maybe somewhere else. And then eventually you plan to move back home, yeah? Uh-huh. Home is home. <laughs> home is home. No place like home. Right? <laughs> then oh, what are you going to do when you go back home? How are you, going, are you going to take all your businesses back with you? Are you going to start something new? What's your plan? Because then you would have had... Lots of experience abroad, education, you've built your network, you have connections, you know, you, 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 you have a lot. So what are you going to do with every, all of this when you get back home? Um, my plan, especially for the 2010, uh, mm-hmm. 2020, mm-hmm. uh, I need to open up an office back home. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm praying for that. <laughs> I really need to have a physical place where people are working, things are moving out, and keep sure. on growing, you know. Because right now you are very okay online. Now you need to be okay offline. Right, right. So, so when I do that, I think from there, we'll be working out very well and growing. And that's when mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get more and more ideas from within, you know. Because we'll have different people, different youth, we have different ideas. No, we can start something, we can grow, we can move, we can, you know, anything can happen. Right. And yeah. one of the things you said in your bio, Kizzy, was that um, you believe that there are a lot of problems back home, mm-hmm. but, but young people can fix it. So what role do people like you play? in fixing, like you mentioned, brain drain. And, you know, entrepreneurship has a key role to play in, uh-huh. in, developing, in developing economies. So what role do people like you play uh, in, in that narrative and fixing that, changing that narrative and changing things back home? Actually, it's not only back home. It's like the whole of Africa. Mm. A lot of okay. youth, mm-hmm. um, they end the i guess they're still sleeping they need that education to warm them up to so that they can realize oh we need to do this we need to do that we need to do this we need to do that you know even in china mm-hmm. we have a lot of students who are just studying not doing anything you know they ain't working their life out still that's when people can some somebody can wake up when he's graduating and starts, oh, I need to be looking for work right now. Mm. People start thinking, well, what, what have I been doing the whole four years? 
that's when he's awake. Mm. So in Tanzania, in Africa, we really need to start educating, pushing, motivating people so that they can realize what do they need for their country, what problems do they have, and how are they going to solve them, and how are they going to change their countries, or how are they going to change Africa. Right. Because that's very important. In Tanzania, we, these days, we have, a, we have the upcoming startups. You know, people get ideas, uh -huh. you know, this has the startup company. So it's like, ah, uh, everybody's a CEO these days. We have this, um, we have this, uh, it's a hub. It's a techie hub whereby we have a lot of innovators, you know. So it's like everybody inside, who are you? I'm a CEO of this, uh, of my, I have a startup company. It's doing this and this. Like, okay. So it's like, you, you've been impressed, you know. So we really need to motivate people so they can start something on their own, solve problems in their community, you know, mm. so they can change something in their country. Because it's Absolutely. not about the money. There mm. are a lot of people who have money, but they're looking for a place to invest in them. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. can have ideas, but no money, but people have money to invest in those ideas. And we are mm. the one who have to be carrying the same ideas and start working them out. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, Africa is now the, the most one of the most entrepreneurial regions. That's true. World. So, uh-huh. And we're growing. Yeah, every survey, every research, every statistic, every piece of research shows Africa. that <laughs> the African population is, is highly entrepreneurial. I mean, that's for obvious reasons, you know. There's there People have to create things mm -hmm. in order to survive. it's not like say germany when everybody where everybody just is you know you get a job that's what you do you have all these businesses we so are growing that, and getting there you're getting there but that that means there's a lot of opportunity and mm -hmm. also for people like yourself to go back home and to to expand and to start businesses and like you said to employ people that's true because one of, one of the problems that a lot of countries like where i come from the caribbean and where you're from in africa mm have is we leave and we go away and we never go back until maybe we're about to retire or most of us at least um we leave and we go away because of opportunity now and a lot of people are going home to create opportunities to uh -huh. fight. that's why you and, come in china get ideas mm -hmm. go back home yeah. invest in the Absolutely. ideas you came them you came with from here yes yes yeah Perfect. And that's a perfect way to end the podcast mm -hmm. because you said you come here, you get the ideas, you get the opportunities and you go back. <laughs> so what parting words would you like to leave with our audience? What do you want them to know about Kizzy, about entrepreneurship, about being in China, about the opportunities you've been able to create here for yourself? You know, I think sometimes people have a view of Africa or a view of China you know, sometimes people don't really understand uh, different parts of the world and these parts of the world in particular. So what would you like to say to them? From Jack Ma. The, Me as well. Uh, he, he was rejected a lot of times, you know. From policemen yeah. getting rejected, KFC getting rejected, hotel waiter getting yeah. rejected, till where he is right now. 
And he used to be a teacher uh-huh. teaching English. He believes it. Everyday simple man. But he believes in himself. Yeah. He, believes in his he was always rejected, but he was used to it. And he loves Africa. That's true. And he was, he, he was on Africa this, this year. Yeah, in Rwanda, I think. Rwanda. Yeah. Mm. So just get to the, get to the rejection. And if you have an idea, work on it the same time. Don't wait for the right time. Just work on it right away. You don't have to wait. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kizzy, where can our listeners find you? Would you like to give us your social media handles or an email address and tell us how they can um, tell them how they can get in contact with you uh for my social medias you can just i use kizualo simbila in all my social networks facebook instagram twitter linkedin same name kizualo simbila right also for the platform the school biz forums you can just sign up in www.justschoolbills.com. That's when you can just sign up for free, do whatever you have to do, and all will go well. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Kizzy, it has been both a privilege and a Thank pleasure you. to listen to you to learn from you, to to just have this conversation with you. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time. Thank you. And maybe one day you can come back on the podcast again when you're back home in in Africa and and you're the Jack Ma of of Tanzania. I received that. (laughs) You don't even have to be the Jack Ma. You can be you doing bigger things than Jack Ma. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. (laughs) Great. All right. Thank you so much, Kizzy. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Hey there, Rare Ones. I hope you enjoyed listening into this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listen across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, www.rarebirdshq.com. The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now.